Welcome to my Leap of Faith podcast. I'm going to take you on my journey of living a life that felt completely inauthentic and unfulfilling to discovering myself through the help of healers, crystals, psychedelics, plant medicines, and learning to trust my own intuition. I'm continuing to let go and leap every day to find deeper clarity into my own gifts and what my soul's purpose is in this lifetime, and I want to bring you along for the ride. She told me as I woke from walking asleep on the lower at night she saw your feet are heavy, your feet stand deeper, deeper than you know, farther than you go, this wild mother, she told me one morning, right, child, you've got to run on my back, farther than you've ever gone before. Hello everyone, welcome back. Today we're going to be doing more of a check-in on what's been unfolding for me since I came back from Costa Rica and um, how the integration has unfolded in my life because what I'm realizing is that the integration part has become, I mean, really, maybe even more powerful than the actual ceremonies that I was involved in. And All of that is to say that I know people have talked about integration being, you know, so important. And I want you guys to experience what that has been for me. So I um, actually had planned to do something completely different this week. And it was only through the things that have unfolded this week that made me obviously follow the energy and know that 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 was not supposed to happen. (laughs) So... um, Pretty much a few days after I got back from Costa Rica, I got into a car accident and it was the type of car accident that there is nothing that I could have done to make it happen or prevent it. I was um, driving home at night and I was about to exit my my street off of the, the freeway and there was a truck in front of me who kind of veered off to the left and as he did I saw the reason he did is there was something in the lane and it it looked like a trailer that was on its side and he tipped like hit it and it came spinning into my car and I I couldn't get out of the lane because there was somebody to the left of me so essentially I like ran run into this trailer I think that's what it was and it it hits the passenger side of the front of the car and the side door. And because I was just about to exit, I wasn't speeding, but there just was no time for me to react because it was there before I even saw it coming because the the truck was bigger than my car, so I couldn't even see it, you know, coming down the way. So um, I pulled over for a second just to kind of get my bearings and I realized like I pulled over in between it was right where two freeways were merging so it wasn't the best place to pull over so then I'm like okay I gotta get over to the side and I did and um, the there was something dragging but I, it was drivable so I was able to do go the exit and get to my my house um, and I was like I was shaken because obviously anyone in a car accident would be but because I had just had this, you know, huge awakening experience in my life, of course, right away, I also went kind of internal and started thinking, like, what does it mean? You know, why did this happen? And it's funny, because 
even though I have the tools to go in and find out exactly why it happens, it it's a process, you know, and I think I've talked about this before. The Akashic Records and, and talking to your guides, it, there is a direct connection, but I have this, like, always had this feeling of I need to live the experience before I go and get the answer for some reason. And I think that's something that I'm working through, especially this week as a whole, you know, it came up and now I I felt like so much better after I actually talked to my guides and got the answers, but it took me days to get there. And in the case of the accident, even weeks, because now it's been weeks since it happened. So the next day they came and towed the car and, you know, we were worried that they were going to total the car because there was a lot of damage and, Long story short, they have decided not to total it, which I'm super grateful for because I do love it. <laughs> and um, yeah, so then fast forward to uh, a few days later, I was driving Richard's car, but I because I hadn't been to the cliffs yet. I just this car accident happened right after I got home, and I really was like feeling this need to go to the cliffs. So I did, and um, I used his car. And on the way back on the freeway but it's daylight. So I can see there's a shopping cart right in the middle of the lane on the freeway. And then I'm like, okay, another thing like random. Cause you don't, this doesn't happen very often that things are right in the middle of the freeway. Right. But it happened just a few days later. And so again, I'm like, okay, this is a message. So I, there wasn't anyone next to me. I was able to swerve around the shopping cart and nothing happened, but it was a reminder to me what's something's happening here. So I went in and asked my guides, and this is what I got. So I asked, why did the accident happen? And this is the answer. Cars are speeding towards something, but that something isn't yet known. Can you take the time to enjoy exactly where you are while driving instead of trying to get to another time and location? That is the question. So of course I was like, oh, yeah, when I'm in the car, it's all about um, tuning out, you know, either to music, to podcasts, to books, uh, my thoughts. And you know how you can be like on autopilot when you're driving. You don't even remember the drive to get home sometimes because it's just automatically you're going. And in hearing that, I felt like, oh, I never have thought of the time in the car as a time to be present ever. Like, I I mean, I was even saying to Richard, because he drives a lot for work, is that a lot of the time, especially like when I was traveling a lot for work, even that I would be snacking a lot because anything to like soothe that space of nothingness, you know? And so I was telling him, I can't believe you don't snack more in all the driving that you do. And I was like, for me, it's like an escape to what's, you know, sitting there. And, um, So anyway, so then I said, oh, so are you saying that this is a time for me to be still and in the moment? And they said, yes, you got it. And I said, is there a reason? And they said, yes, this is not easy to integrate. You need time to embody all that you are. You experienced all, but how do you bridge the gap? You become the bridge of time and space for all of you to be embodied in the now. So what that means for me was that I told you guys all of those beings that came through this vessel were actually me in other dimensions. So what I interpret this to mean is that all of the, um, I mean, beings or entities or 
incarnations of myself need to be embodied. I experience them, but I haven't yet learned how to embody them. And the only way that I can do that is by becoming the bridge that is um, the bridge of time and space for all of you to be embodied in the now. So since this car accident happened, weirdly, we didn't have um, renter's insurance for some reason. (laughs) I just never had gotten an accident. This just, you know, I, I didn't think we ever needed it. But now it's like almost been a month and I have been without a car. And all of this has been to show me how to be present in the now without having the escape of going to the cliffs every day or going to the grocery store. And if I go to the grocery store, I walk to the grocery store or it's in a way it's taken away this escapism that I have unconsciously had and and been doing in my life to show me, can you be present? Even like we've taken away all the externals. Now, now what? Because Richard works so much that yes, we have another car, but he's usually using it and he's always gone. So I was like, okay, now I see it. Now I can see why the accident was meant to happen. And, you know, thank God I wasn't hurt at all. No one else was hurt. The trailer itself, there was not nothing in it. But, um, you know, it, it was meant to happen. It was meant to be that exact time and moment for me to be awake. And it's funny because now when I've been driving Richard's car, I actually have been really focused on being in the moment. In in even if it is like sometimes feels dull and mundane to pay attention to the car in front of you or the what's happening around you, I am noticing in myself that I am very conscious of this moment versus projecting into where am I headed and wh- what's happening today and w- you know what's happening in my head and all of that stuff is basically taking us out of this moment. So yeah, that was my first lesson. <laughs> and um, then my next question to them was, why do I feel so um, unembodied right now? Like, why why am I feeling? It's weird because I was having this feeling of going inward, but not in my head, not in the thinking, you know, when you are consciously th- or thinking and thinking and thinking, it wasn't like that. It just felt like, oh, I said this to my friend. I felt like I was um, in a spaceship hovering above earth, not going anywhere, just observing from an outside perspective. But in, in what that did was made me feel like I wasn't here, like I wasn't grounded. And um, they said, this is what happens after you embody the other dimensions of yourself. It can be challenging to marry back into the body because you are not the same. You can't undo all that you've experienced, nor would you want to. Give yourself time and space to become the new you. So this, I mean, it's really tied to the accident too, right? Because to be present in the moment when you're driving means to be embodied. And this is why I was feeling so like, I mean, kind of like spacey, but not in like the like airy fairy way, more like in just the disconnected way. So um, my roommate in Costa Rica, um, she had decided to do a dieta of Sananga, which I had spoken about in, um, I think, last episode. Um, and that it's an eye drop that you can use in your eyes to get 
like intense clarity. And um, if you have eye issues to help clear those up, and it also helps with the third eye activation. And she had just finished her, it's a 21 day dieta. And I mean, she's had some amazing breakthroughs. And so we spoke the other day and she was telling me, oh my God, this happened, this happened, this happened. And she, you know, was making it very clear. You need to start. You need to get over your fear of this and just do it. And I knew when I tried Sananga the first time, this is months ago, I got to day five and I just felt so uncomfortable with it that I couldn't do it again. And what Sananga is, is it's so intense that it pulls you into the now, right? It pulls you right into this body and this moment and you can't, the only way through it is is surrendering to it. So I asked my guides, what, uh, is this why Sananga came back into my life? And they said, yes, it is a reminder of the now. You have to surrender to it, even when it's uncomfortable and painful. If you can accept that, your life and the now moment become easy to embody. So again, like, I, I get it. All of these things, you know, come and that you pull the energy towards you when you need it most. And what I was needing was actual practical down to earth things that pulled me back to this, this time, this space. And now not only do I still not have a car cause it's still being worked on, but, um, Sananga is also helping me really see that in myself and get grounded into this moment. So I want to talk a little bit about what I was planning to do this week on on this podcast is that I was going to talk about unconditional love. And the reason that that was coming through was I felt just so... um, probably coming off the Wachuma experience felt just so, I felt so open to love and so embraced by the people in my life that, you know, have, are not walking the same path as me. None of the, the people that I consider the closest to me are on this path. They are not spiritually awakening. They are observing, but, and, and maybe taking bits and pieces here and there, but they are not on this path. Uh, well, I'm going to actually t- change that. They are not <laughs> in the same acceleration of the path as I am because everybody's on a path, right? So um, what I was feeling about unconditional love is how the people in our lives that are not on the same path as us but are still able to love us in spite of it, that felt unconditional to me. And I was just really feeling into this and I started tuning into the frequency of it and really that's how I how I come up with these episodes is I will get the spark of something and then I start really feeling into it and kind of let the a couple days unfold to see what the energy is that wants to come through with that idea or topic. Um, and in those couple of days, um, I got a text from my mom and she listens to this podcast. So I'm going to try to be as fair to her as I can be, because obviously I love her to death. Um, But it was a text that basically she was asking me why I had been feeling or why I had been quiet or not my normal self. And I, it took, you know, at first I felt like, oh, really? And again, remember, this is as the integration's happening. So I'm going through all of this at the same time. But yes, I definitely feel something's 
different, <laughs> but I can't, I don't have the words to say what that different thing is. So I told her, like, I, I think I'm being more introspective for sure. Um, and then I told her that I actually have decided to do another ayahuasca ceremony. Um, and that, again, wasn't planned, not something that I thought I would be ready for, but definitely like I said, ayahuasca is you and you know when it's calling you. There is no, maybe I'm going to dip my toe in and I, what I feel inside and because I know what my voice in my higher self sounds like, I know that I'm supposed to, right? So I told her, yeah, I'm thinking I'm doing another one in May. And she then decide she gave me her opinion which is fair she's allowed to but she said do you really need drugs to do this and of course when that word drug is used for something that i feel is so um sacredly beautiful and it's not a high it's not like i'm escaping reality with this um plant medicine I felt defensive. I felt like you're judging, you're judging me. And of course, going from the state of planning to do an episode about unconditional love, it's the first time I felt judged by her in this whole experience. And it's not nice, you know, it's definitely not nice. Um, it felt like, like one of the pillars that holds, holds me up and makes me feel like, no matter if all these other people in my life think I'm crazy and, you know, that I've gone off the deep end, I have these three pillars in my life that make me feel um, supported. And again, even if they don't aren't experiencing the same thing, they can support me in this journey emotionally, really. And, and you know, it could be through, like, asking questions. It could be, like... I don't get it, but I want to hear what you have to say thing. So, no, she didn't feel that way. She felt, she said, you know, I said, this isn't a drug. And she said, of course it is. And I said, I don't feel that way. Um, and she said, well, opium is a plant and that's considered a drug. And I said, you know, there are plants and, and drugs that, that heal you, there are things that hurt you, and there are things that help you numb out. And I feel that ayahuasca is a healer. It feels like deeply in my body that it is um, a medicine that is helping me heal the parts of me that are holding me back from being fully present and expressing exactly who I am in this life, right? And, and it's weird because, you know, obviously I was on this journey before I decided that it was time for ayahuasca. But it, it feels like it's, for me, was the next step in that evolution. And the evolution is the, the journey. It's the path. And it's, it's all perfect. No one's is going to be the same. And like I said before, this was brought into my path over a year ago, and I wasn't ready for it. So clearly, I am consciously um, aware of what my choices and my actions are doing to this path and this journey for me. But when I get to a place inside that I am 100% committed and 100% know that it's for my best and highest good, I don't like hearing someone else's opinion of it. So yeah, I got this feeling like, 
defensiveness and and I wanted to text back like a zillion things to call out the the stuff that I believe she does that's wrong you know and at that moment Richard came home from work thank god and um I said like listen to this you know this I I can't believe she's saying this because she had never been somebody to judge anything like that like not that she's been a, a a supporter of drugs but at the same time I've never I've never abused anything in my life. So if anything, if even if our views are different, she knows me. And if, if unless she completely doesn't trust that I am making my own best choices. <sighs> so he came home. I told him what what she was saying. And, and part of me was like, is he going to also share this view of me? Because I never suspected that she would ever say these things to me and and it gets worse because the way the reason I say these things is that she eventually says don't kid yourself this is a drug you're taking a drug and that's pretty harsh I mean I don't kid myself about anything I am like the most sober person that exists in this life like I never drink I do not do anything for um aside from trying those gummies a few times I have never uh like trying to escape reality in any way. So yeah, he was like, wow. And I was like, I know. And he goes, look, I, like, so I start telling him all the things that I want to say to uh, to her and, and reply to. And he was like, no, that's defensive. Why, why do you think that going down to her, he wouldn't use this word, but the way I interpret it is frequency. How is that going to fix it? And I could see that and I could see that I was just so hurt that I couldn't get out of that place, you know. And um, so eventually what I replied is just that, you know, trust that I, I know I'm making the right decisions for myself and it's all coming from a place of love. And, you know, the it wasn't resolved. She said, yeah, I do trust you. And I do want you to feel like you can talk to me about it. But truly, now I don't feel like I could talk to her about it because she's judging. She's taking her perspective and putting it onto my life. But then I get like, it's so funny because perspective is everything, right? So of course, I eventually not in, it took some days to get to this place of being ready to ask my guides about this. And and I asked, what is going on with my mom and her feelings about ayahuasca? And how is this related to unconditional love? Because that was like the thing that shook me the most is like, here's this person that has supported me emotionally and physically and financially and just everything. She's been both of my parents how is it all of a sudden that she's judging this thing that is the most, like I told you guys before, the best thing I've ever done for myself, right? And so this is the answer. This is your lesson, not anyone else's. You are only here to learn through your experiences, not to teach others theirs. When you can get out of the defensive state and shift to a place of understanding, that is embodying unconditional love. Everyone is a mirror to your cracks. Can you see them? Or do you get distracted by the story of the reflection? And I mean, for me, I realize like, 
instead of tuning into what was actually going on, I felt defensive that someone that I thought trusted my choices was actually judging them from their perspective, right? But perspective is everything. Perspective is like we each have our own unique perspective. And when we're, when, when I am choosing to constantly experience new and, and things that are soul growing, this can really um, have me coming from a completely different place than where society is at or where my mom is at or where Richard is at. And I get that. I get that. But the thing is, is that now I think this is the biggest part of this integration is I it's like the veil of all of these illusions were pulled away. And now I see things for for what they actually are. Now, in that moment, I got defensive and I definitely was in my lower vibration and I wasn't I was more caught up in the story and that's what they said. Are right, do you get distracted by the story of the reflection? And that's what we all do. Usually, we're not hearing, we're not seeing that reflection as like a mirror to the our cracks, our things. And instead, we're, we're latching on to that person's judging me <laughs> and making that the story. And uh, what they're saying is that what is what is what she's saying bring up in you? That's what you need to focus on. That is where the healing is for you because I cannot change or make anyone else agree with anything that I'm doing, right? And I know that. And I, I remember in the text messages, I said to her, look, I'm not, I understand this isn't for you and I'm I don't, I'm not trying to convince anyone, but what, what she was doing, and maybe this is unconditional love is showing a mirror to my cracks, to my things. Why did I get defensive? Why do I care what anyone else thinks? Even though she's someone in my life that I value deeply, I still have to get to a place where it doesn't matter what anyone, and I mean anyone, because I've really let go of most people's opinions of me, but these last three people that I, ooh, I, you know, I really deeply need, at least I feel like I need, I have to get to a place of not caring what their perspective is either way. Do I hope that they can support me even if they don't understand me? Of course. But I also have to let go of, of that, that hope because that's where my crack is. That is where I have work to do. I, I have to get to a place of not needing that validation of the, you're, it's okay, even though you're a little out there, you're still on the, on the like side of semi-okay. <laughs> because really, what is semi-okay? It's what society tells us, right? And I know that her, her perspective on this uh, plant medicine is because society doesn't understand it. And, and even I talked to one of you guys this week, and um, you were telling me that, you know, the last couple episodes, you know, aren't your thing right now. And I was like, that's exactly perfect. It was like a year and a half before it became something that that opened up to me, right? And And the thing is, is we're supposed to be trusting that feeling and that is everything. I am not here to convince anybody of anything. I'm just laying out like these are the tools that have come in my peripheral. And when they are open and when you feel that like almost like a blossoming in your in your heart space, then you'll know it. This came into my life through the, the path of this person's podcast so that it was the seed was there. 
so that when that blossoming happened, I knew where it was coming from. And that's how I look at it. Like the seed was planted for me a long time ago. I wasn't ready. And that's perfectly perfect, right? So I'm going to say this again because I believe this to be the root of everything. Everyone is a mirror to our cracks. Can we see them? Or do we get distracted by the story of the reflection? And I mean, it really applies to every part of our, I mean, experiences with every single person, right? Like in this case, Richard was on my side and he, I said, I feel like she's going to call you and try to do an intervention on me because she thinks I'm taking drugs. And he was just started laughing and he's like, look, I don't, I, I have to be honest, I don't understand your path either, but it's your path and I support you. I, I know you and I know that you know what's best for you. And to me, now I see that's unconditional. That is the place of where I think we all need to get to. And am I there? No, I have like, <laughs> I have a lot of work to do. And I, as everybody does, but I know that that is what that space feels like. It's like the, the trusting of the person that you that you know deep down and you know their soul and you know that there is no nothing that's going to shake that like have i changed yes 100% but in my perspective for the better by 100%, you know, and I'm not a shell of a person that I used to be. I actually have opinions and I actually have courage to even come on and share them with you. I would have never done that before. And to me, that seeing that growth in anyone that you care about, you should give that unconditional love. And that's what I believe. So <laughs> that is something that I am going through right now. And, um, then I had some more questions to ask about. So one is the hand signal that came up during ayahuasca. And I wanted to know, what was that? What is this about? Because in, in the moment, I thought, this is where I'm from. That's the, the message that I was getting. This is where I'm from. This is home. This is me. So I asked about the hand signal. And their answer is, it's a vibration into all. It's the code that keys you into timelessness and the one vibration. It is your key to your vibration. And I said, is this a location? And they said, it is and that it's your unique signature and essence. It is you, it is all. It will play a role in your ceremonial ceremony connections and you will embody it as you when you want to call yourself home. So what I interpret that to mean is that when I want all of my other facets of myself to be embodied into this time and space, I will use this signal to call it all in. And it kind of makes sense that I thought this is where I'm from, this is home, this is me, because this is me. And it's just a signal for me to, to say like, I am ready for this experience with everything of me. So then I also asked about um, sound frequency and, and that was because, you know, in my experience in these ceremonies was that sound was everything, right? And I, I really went into that in the other episodes, but they said, it is the thread that calls in the light and dark. It is you and it is all. Sound will be the way to wake up, but not for everyone, but not everyone is capable to hear the call. There is no judgment. Um, so 
the reason that this came up was that I had a dream this week that Richard and I were like in a like a Walmart or some kind of store like that. And there was this group of people uh, that were kind of walking through the store together. And all of a sudden, they started emitting this sound. Like they opened their mouth and the sound came out. But it was a sound that was like unlike any sound that you or I can make. It was felt like a... <laughs> It was like aww kind of sound. And in my dream, at that moment that the sound uh, was shared, everyone in the store turned and faced this group and echoed it back to them. And it felt like it was a call to wake up and it was a call to remember who we are. And that's what I felt like. I was like, oh, okay, so there's going to be some sound. I mean, I don't know if this is true because this was a dream, but <laughs> there's possibly a sound that we're going to hear that will click some cellular memory within our DNA that makes us aware this is who we are. So that's why I had this question of what is the sound frequency. So like they said, is um, sound will be the way to wake up, but not for not everyone is capable to hear the call and there is no judgment. So that was another thing that happened this week. And then also, <laughs> um, one of you beautiful sisters of mine <laughs> shared a podcast that talked about why animals pull their hair or feathers out. And it was that um, they do this when they feel like they're, in, or when they're in captivity or when they're feeling depressed. And I'm going to share the podcast below that this came from. It's by Aubrey Marcus podcast. And, and he was talking about his experience with ayahuasca and um, with, with another person on, on his show. And she was reflecting it to me because she remembered that I have this issue of pulling my hair. And like I had mentioned when I was going through those things in college, I had pulled out all my eyebrows and then I also still am pulling on my hair, this hair. Um, so I decided to ask about it. And the question is, why do I keep picking my hair? Why am I so anxious with it? <laughs> and this is the answer. It is your antenna. It is your trigger to get a clear connection and self-soothe. Be gentle with yourself. Stop judging these actions. You do it because it's second nature to you. It reminds you that there is more. You are getting there and it is knowing that you have more work to embody. So what I take that to mean is that it's my anxiety like needing more. So what I realize is that in those moments where I want to do it, instead of checking out, can I be embodied? And and can I connect with myself, my higher self and find out why I'm feeling this way? Like get the download, get the message through me, through my body, instead of being uh, like anxiously pulling at my hair. And all ultimately... What I realized this week is that I need to use the tools that I have. Like I chose to study and learn how to get into the Akashic Records. You know, I had this judgment about it. I had this feeling of, aren't we here to live our lives, you know, without that? <laughs> like I always look at it as like, uh, am I trying to see the future? And if so, I don't think that's right. I think we're supposed to live the experience. So I would not choose to go into into 
the Akashic Records. But what I realized this week is actually it's not that. It's there for me to know myself and, and, and for me to use when I need it. And all of this stuff this week that has felt like so disembodying, get, connecting with my higher self and getting these very clear answers brought me back down and brought me back into the body and brought me back into, okay, I get it. Now I'm, I'm from a renewed perspective, but I can be back in this body as that perspective. I don't have to fly outside of myself and, and not know how to get back in. I think that our guides are here to help us be here, you know, and to help us really bring the gifts that we have here to share here. I know I'm not supposed to be unembodied. I know that. I know that I'm supposed to bring something here. And I I try to give that with all of my heart every week when I am sharing my experiences. And I keep going back to this feeling of, I think that's what we're all here to do. I think that my perspective and my journey is just one. But all the people that I met in Costa Rica, it's funny because a lot of the messages that were coming through for them is that they need to share their perspective. They need to share their journey because it's not about the destination. We are all on this path. And if we only have people from the perspective of I've I've done this and this is where I'm at, none of us know how to get there. We don't know what the journey is. We don't know that it's ups and downs and all over the place. And and I am here to share that it literally every week is something completely different and it's all perfect. It's not like I'm judging myself for having a week of being disconnected because I have those too. I have those weeks that I feel like, what is going on? Like the last three weeks, I haven't been able to go to the cliffs, which means I am struggling with meditation. And I wasn't judging myself, but I was feeling disconnected. You know, I I did um, get out in nature every day, but I still wasn't feeling the best. And now I know that that's part of it. Like that is what pushed me to go back into my records and to get these answers that I I definitely needed to help me integrate all of this experience into this time and space. So I, um, I, I think this podcast is already long enough, but I just wanted you guys to know that it, it has been a process and I am sure I'm still on that journey and, and that, um, embodying way. But I also know like that it's not going to be perfect, but I trust, I still go back to who am I at my core and I trust me. And so nothing that anybody says is going to change that. And I obviously welcome anyone's reflection because it's going to show me more of my cracks and what I need to work on. So I am thankful for those. But I also, it's making me stronger. It's making me know, because I get to this place of clarity of I didn't do this for fun. You know, (laughs) this isn't fun work. It wasn't like, it's something that, you know, you're going to a concert so that you can, you know, enjoy the music and just veg out. No, this is deep work. This is like really deep, deep, deep work. And the reason that I feel called again to do it is because I know there's more to work, more work to bring up, more things for me to incorporate into this being and into this life. And 
like my guide said, I'm here to be the bridge. And how can I be the bridge if I don't know what I'm working with? <laughs> so um, thank you guys so much for being with me on this journey. And I do feel like I am supported by all of you, you know, and I, I'm probably going to cry, <laughs> but I, I want you to know that the energy that comes back to me after me sharing it's hard to explain because I know it's not always in a in a in a way that's like a verbal or written or anything like that. But I just know that by me doing this, it's just opening up the window for someone else to be exactly who they're supposed to be, no matter who in your life doesn't agree with it. So I wish you all the courage for that. And um, thank you for being here for me because I need it. <laughs> Stop. Till I let it all in to be away from the thing and it won't stop till I let it all in to be away